0: Welcome to Art Talk with April. I'm April Harris. I'm the artist of Inked April, located in Birmingham, Alabama. And this podcast is going to be about all things art. We'll talk about books, invite some artists to interviews, and much, much more. Let's get started. A reading of Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear by Elizabeth Gilbert. Let's talk about courage now. If you already have the courage to bring forth the jewels that are hidden within you, terrific. You're probably already doing really interesting things with your life. And you don't need this book. Rock on. But if you don't have the courage, let's try to get you some. Because creative living is a path for the brave. We all know this. And we all know that when courage dies, creativity dies with it. We all know that fear is a desolate boneyard where our dreams go to dissociate in the hot sun. This is common knowledge. Sometimes we just don't know what to do about it. Let me list for you some of the many ways in which you might be afraid to live a more creative life. You're afraid you have no talent. You're afraid you'll be rejected or criticized or ridiculed or misunderstood or worst of all, ignored. You're afraid there's no market for your creativity and therefore no point in pursuing it. You're afraid somebody else already did it better. You're afraid everybody else already did it better. You're afraid somebody will steal your ideas so it's safer to keep them hidden forever in the dark. You're afraid you won't be taken seriously. You're afraid your work isn't politically, emotionally, or artistically important enough to change anyone's life. You're afraid your dreams are embarrassing. You're afraid that someday you'll look back on your creative endeavors as having been a giant waste of time and effort and money. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of discipline You're afraid you don't have the right kind of workspace or financial freedom or empty hours in which to focus on invention or exploration. You're afraid you don't have the right kind of training or degree. You're afraid you're too fat. I don't know what this has to do with creativity exactly, but experience has taught me that most of us are afraid we're too fat. So let's just put that on the anxiety list for good measure. You're afraid of being exposed as a hack or a fool or a narcissist. You're afraid of upsetting your family with what you may reveal. You're afraid of what your peers and co-workers will say if you express your personal truth out loud. You're afraid of unleashing your innermost demons and you really don't want to encounter your innermost demons. You're afraid your best work is behind you. You're afraid you never had any best work to begin with. You're afraid you neglected your creativity for so long that now you can never get it back. You're afraid you're too old to start. You're afraid you're too young to start. You're afraid because something went well in your life once. So obviously nothing can ever go well again. You're afraid nothing has ever gone well in your life. So why bother trying? You're afraid of being a one-hit wonder. You're afraid of being a no-hit wonder. Listen, I don't have all day here, so I'm not going to keep listing fears. It's a bottomless list, anyhow, and a depressing one. I'll just wrap up my summary this way. Scary, scary, scary. Everything is so goddamn scary. Defending your weakness. Please understand that the only reason I can speak so authoritatively about fear is that I know it so intimately. I know every inch of fear from head to toe. I've been frightened person my entire life. I was born terrified. Not exaggerating. You can ask anyone in my family, and they'll confirm that. Yes, I was an exceptionally freaked out child. My earliest memories are fear as are pretty much all the memories that come after my earliest memories. Growing up, I was afraid not only of all the commonly recognized and legitimate childhood dangers, the dark strangers, the deep end of the swimming pool, but I was also afraid of an extensive list of completely benign things, snow, perfectly nice babysitters, cars, playground stairs, Sesame Street, the telephone, board games, the grocery store, sharp blades of grass, any new situation whatsoever anything that dared to move, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I was a sensitive and easily traumatized creature who would fall into fits of weeping at any disturbance in her force field. My father, exasperated, used to call me Pitiful Pearl. We went to the Delaware shore one summer when I was eight years old and the ocean upset me so much that I tried to get my parents to stop all the people on the beach from going into the surf. I just would have felt a lot more comfortable if everyone had stayed safely on his or her own towel, reading quietly. Was that too much to ask? If I'd had my way, I would have spent that entire vacation, indeed my entire childhood, indoors, snuggling on my mother's lap in low light, preferably with a cool washcloth on my forehead. This is a horrible thing to say, but here goes. I I probably would have loved having one of those awful Munchausen syndrome by proxy mothers who could have concluded with me in pretending that I was eternally sick, weak, and dying. I would have totally cooperated with that kind of mother in creating a completely helpless child given half the chance. But I didn't get that kind of mother. Not even close. Instead, I got a mother who wasn't having it. She wasn't having a minute of my drama, which is probably the luckiest thing that ever happened to me. My mom grew up on a farm in Minnesota, the proud product of tough Scandinavian immigrants, and she was not about to raise a little candy ass, not on her watch. My mother had a plan for turning around my fear that was almost comic in its straightforwardness at every turn. She made me do exactly what I dreaded most. Scared of the ocean? Get in the ocean. Afraid of the snow? Time to shovel snow. Can't answer the telephone? You are now officially in charge of answering the telephone in this house. Hers was not a sophisticated strategy, but it was consistent. Trust me, I resisted her. I cried, insulted, and deliberately failed. I refused to thrive. I lagged behind, limping and trembling. I would do almost anything to prove that I was emotionally and physically totally enfeebled. To which my mom was like... No, you aren't. I spent years pushing back against my mother's unshakable faith in my strength and abilities. Then one day, somewhere in adolescence, I finally realized that this was a really weird battle for me to be fighting. Defending my weakness? That's seriously the hill I want to die on? As the saying goes, argue for your limitations and you get to keep them. Why would I want to keep my limitations? I didn't, as it turned out. I don't want you to keep yours either. Fear is boring. Over the years, I often wondered what finally made me stop playing the role of pitiful Pearl almost overnight. Surely, there were many factors involved in that evolution. The tough mom factor, the growing up factor. But mostly, I think it was just this. I finally realized that my fear was boring. Mind you... My fear had always been boring to everyone else, but it wasn't until mid-adolescence when it became at last boring even to me. My fear became boring to me, I believe, for the same reason that fame became boring to Jack Gilbert, because it was the same thing every day. Around the age of 15, I somehow figured out that my fear had no variety to it, no depth, no substance, no texture. I noticed that my fear... Never changed, never delighted, never offered a surprise twist or an unexpected ending. My fear was a song with only one note, only one word actually, and that word was stop. My fear never had anything more interesting or subtle to offer than that one emphatic word repeated at full volume on an endless loop, stop, 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 which means that my fear always made predictably boring decisions, like a choose-your-own-ending book that always had the same ending, nothingness. I also realized that my fear was boring because it was identical to everyone else's fear. I figured out that everyone's song of fear was exactly the same tedious lyric. Stop, 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 stop. True, the volume may vary from person to person, but the song itself never changes because all of us humans were equipped with the same basic fear package when we were being knitted in our mother's rooms and not just humans. If you pass your hand over a Petri dish containing a tadpole... The tadpole will flinch beneath your shadow. The tadpole cannot write poetry, and it cannot sing, and it will never know love or jealousy or triumph, and it has a brain the size of a punctuation mark, but it damn sure knows how to be afraid of the unknown. Well, so do I. So do we all. But there's nothing particularly compelling about that. Do you see what I mean? You don't get any special credit. Is what I'm saying for knowing how to be afraid of the unknown fear is a deeply ancient instinct in other words and an evolutionary vital one but it ain't especially smart for the entirety of my young and skittish life I had fixated upon my fear as if it were the most interesting thing about me when actually, it was the most mundane. In fact, my fear was probably the only 100% mundane thing about me. I had creativity within me that was original. I had a personality within me that was original. I had dreams and perspectives and aspirations within me that were original, but my fear was not original in the least. My fear wasn't some kind of rare, ardent, artisanal object it was just a mass-produced item available on the shelves of any generic box store and that's the thing I wanted to build my entire identity around the most boring instinct I possessed the panic reflex of my dumbest inner tadpole no the fear you need and the fear you don't need Now, you probably think I'm going to tell you that you must become fearless in order to live a more creative life. But I'm not going to tell you that because I don't happen to believe it's true. Creativity is a path for the brave. Yes, but it is not a path for the fearless. And it's important to recognize the distinction. Bravery means doing something scary. Fearlessness means not understanding what the word scary means. If your goal in life is to become fearless, then I believe you're already on the wrong path because the only truly fearless people I ever met were straight-up sociopaths and a few exceptionally reckless three-year-olds, and those aren't good role models for anyone. The truth is you need your fear for obvious reasons of basic survival evolution did well to install a fear reflex within you because if you didn't have any fear you would lead a short crazy stupid life you would walk into traffic you would drift off into the woods and be eaten by bears you would jump into giant waves off the coast of Hawaii despite being a poor swimmer you would marry a guy who said on the first date I I don't necessarily believe people were designed by nature to be monogamous. So, yes, you absolutely do need fear in order to protect you from actual dangers like the ones I've listed above. But you do not need your fear in the realm of creative expression. Seriously, you don't. Just because you don't need your fear when it comes to creativity, of course doesn't mean your fear won't show up. Trust me, your fear will always show up, especially when you're trying to be inventive or innovative. Your fear will always be triggered by your creativity because creativity asks you to enter into realms of uncertain outcome and fear hates uncertain outcome. Your fear, programmed by evolution to be the hypervigilant and insanely overprotective We'll always assume that any uncertain outcome is destined to end in a bloody, horrible death. Basically, your fear is like a mall cop who thinks he's a Navy SEAL. He hasn't slept in days. He's all hopped up on Red Bull, and he's liable to shoot at his own shadow in an absurd effort to keep everyone, quote, safe. This is all totally natural and human. It's absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. It is, however, something that very much needs to be dealt with. So I'm a big fan of Elizabeth Gilbert's work, and I haven't actually finished this book, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. But every bit of the book that I've ever read has been so on point. And this message specifically is very important to me because I feel empathetic with her in her situation of being a fearful child and growing up afraid of just about everything, taking chances and doing things I've never done before. For me to be an artist, to be a designer, to be a creative of any sort, I have to actually Be brave, but that doesn't mean be fearless. It's hard to remember that distinction when you're making creative work. There's fear around every corner when you're creative. You're afraid of sharing it. You're afraid it's bad. You're afraid that you're going to fail. You're afraid that it's not worth it. And One of the things that has come up continually in my artist interviews for this podcast is that even if you're young, even if you're older and you're a very successful artist, it really doesn't matter. It doesn't. The fear doesn't go away. That stays. That may be too scary, but stop fighting against your fear And in some cases, I'm saying this to myself, stop being afraid and worrying about being afraid and take a step in faith. Take a step forward, even though you're afraid. Do it, even though you're afraid. Try, even though you're afraid. And there are going to be people in your life, like parents and uncles and cousins and friends and people who they want to protect you and they are there to help you make good decisions and smart decisions and they want you to be okay and safe. But just like that mall cop, sometimes they can get a little overboard. Sometimes they can go a step too far and suggest that it's just not possible. It's not an intelligent move to make. It's not the best thing to do. And I'm not saying, you know, that you had to just take a leap and do this thing without any intelligence behind it and just become a creative person, a musician, an artist, or whatever it is without, you know, being able to take care of yourself or something like that. I'm saying, you know, intelligently make choices to take a step forward, even though you're afraid. And don't let the voices around you, the people who love you, the people who care about you, Don't let their voices feed that fear that you already have on the inside, that you're already born with, because that's not something that really needs to be fed, right? You need to feed your faith, taking the step forward. You need to feed bravery, not fear. The fear is still going to be there. You're still going to have to work past it. You're still going to have to move forward, even though it's there. And just realize, God, I hope you realize that we all have it. All of us. Young, old, male, female, musicians, writers, artists, designers, everybody. We all have it it's all there. And so part of the creative process is learning how to move forward with that fear still there. And there are going to be days where you're like, "Ugh, oh, this is shit. And it's terrible. And I hate it. And I'm bad. And I'm no good. And I'm never going to be able to, you know, make a difference in the world with this work that I'm making. It's pointless, right? But the truth is, is that it's not actually pointless. Sharing your voice is really important and sharing, even though you're afraid to share, is really important for the rest of the world. The rest of the world needs to hear your voice and the rest of the world needs to know your uniqueness. That's important just in itself no matter where it goes. I hope you really enjoyed this reading from Big Magic. And I plan to do a book review on this later, but I haven't actually read through it all the way, as I mentioned. But wow, it's a very, very moving and personable read. And I plan to talk on it some more later. But if you have a chance to listen into any of the other podcasts, any of the interviews, you will notice a connective link to each and every person. We're all afraid. None of us really know what we're doing. And it's about just taking one step at a time and trusting that inner gut that we have that this is something that we want to do, that this is something that we love and that we want to create. Please subscribe. Please share this podcast with other creatives that you know. And if you're interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please reach out to me at april at inkedapril.com. Thank you for listening to Art Talk with April. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe.